the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. Well, time to take a look at you and your money, and we're joined by Pat Fitucci, host of Don't Invest and Forget. Pat's program, by the way, can be heard Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on our sister station, Business Radio 1220 KDOW. Well, another wild ride on Wall Street. This sort of seems to be the norm these days, a higher degree of volatility, a lot of it driven by the geopolitical world. And, and Pat, certainly behind all the noise and the rancor and the hand-wringing and people saying, gee, you know, we're, we're kind of back to the profit levels that we had when we started the year. What does all of this mean? There's always something buried deep in the news that perhaps doesn't get a lot of attention, but really defines what's going on here from a bit less emotional and far more realistic standpoint. And certainly in the news this week, we had, you know, some down days on Wall Street. Certainly there were some challenges with both Apple stocks and Procter & Gamble, but buried below all of that was really the, the true tell, the indicator that, frankly, more folks should be paying attention to as opposed to all the hype and hysteria. What was that? Well, it's all about earnings, and when companies do well from an earnings point of view, it gives a lot of confidence to buying those stocks, it imbues a sense of consumer confidence. Consumers, when they're confident, they spend more money. So it's all about this conducive environment where 78.8% of first quarter earnings of S&P 500 companies exceeded expectations. That is a pretty cool number. And Craig, you can credit that to lots of things, but I think you can't ignore the Trump administration creating that attractive environment that led these companies to do as well as they have been. One of the reports indicates that overall profits for the S&P 500 are expected to have increased 19.4% in Q1. That is the biggest increase in some seven years. That certainly is encouraging news. But it leads the question, Pat, as we look at a lot of the intraday highs and lows in this wild coaster ride, and one day the markets close down 300, the next day they close up 700. What's driving a lot of that? Are these casual investors that are trading more based on fear than in fundamentals? You know, I think it's a lot of the noise, a lot of the political noise. We've certainly had some international incidents that can cause consternation among the investing public. And it's always amazing to me how some news fact comes out, the market immediately reacts up 300, down 700. It's this emotional reaction to news that even tangentially, you can say, may have some impact on that specific industry. But it seems to be remote reasons as an excuse to buy or sell to this degree, 
Again, a lot of it's computer trading. When stock prices hit a low or a high, it creates a sale or a purchase of that stock from a computer modeling. It's all about the algorithms that drive a lot of this trading. Let's face it, to move the markets up 300 or down 700, got to be a substantial volume of trades. It's not John and Mary sitting in their living room selling 100 shares of IBM because IBM didn't look very attractive this past week. It's millions of shares being bought or sold based on algorithms that have some rules tied to it that doesn't appear to to drive the overall sentiment of the market in a proper fashion. It just doesn't reflect the 30,000-foot view that says, wow, this economy is doing pretty darn well. And wow, the world economy is doing pretty darn well. Even though oil, which is kind of the underpinning we all watch, is is up to $68.75 a barrel, we're not at $100 a barrel like we were a couple years ago. We're not at $29 a barrel like we were of recent times. And oil is one of those commodities that we all track carefully. It becomes a, a tax on the system when it gets to those extreme highs. But it's unfathomable to me that the algorithms are driving all this buying and selling despite the overall picture of pretty grandiose health of the economy. Unemployment is virtually non-existent. I mean, we're pretty much at full employment. GDP growth is going to hit 3% fairly consistently as the is the pervasive thinking over the next several quarters. The trade tariff issue, we see China coming to the table. We saw President Trump meeting with Abe, the uh, prime minister of Japan. He came with his hat in hand saying, please make us uh, an exception to the steel tariff rule. And President Trump, to his credit, says, no, sorry, you know, we need a better deal. And so now he's looking at the Pan-Pacific Agreement and saying, "Okay, maybe we need to create a a special agreement with our good friends in Japan. So he's got the courage to to stand face-to-face with head of state, whether it's Japan or China. These countries need us as much as we need them. It's a symbiotic relationship, but we are the largest consumer on the planet, and Trump is playing that card very effectively. Hey, we're pretty cool folks here. You, we, we buy a lot of your stuff, so give us a better price on your stuff, or we're going to put a bigger price on our stuff we give you. The soybean whole commodity, which we export to a, a great degree, is something that China needs and we supply. So it gets down to that kind of commodity prices and individual issues that is going to create the hopefully more fair trade balance between our large trading partners. I think it'll all end up just fine, despite the market, as you saw, going down a thousand points or 700 points because, you know, Trump is increasing our our tariffs and there's going to be a tariff war and all this headline news. He's a deal maker and he throws out some expectations and then he'll acquiesce as you do in any kind of negotiating role that you play. And I, I think this is all healthy and give him credit for for doing it as opposed to the last many presidents that just uh, ignored this giant trade imbalance. Is a big part of this too perspective. And I asked that question, Pat, because many of us, especially those that are close to retirement, are old enough to remember a Dow that wasn't 24,000 or 20,000. It wasn't 15,000. It was more like a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred points. That was what the Dow was, and I think the the utter irony is that we we panic when we hear a drop of two hundred points, thinking that this sounds like just a, a dire situation going.
going on, not recognizing that we're talking about less than 1%, which really I would suppose in the overall scheme of things, if you particularly look at earnings over the course of a 12-month period of time as opposed to what happened in 24 hours, is really pretty meaningless, isn't it? Yeah, we really have to look at percentages and not numbers. You are absolutely right. And too many times... The press focuses on, oh, my gosh, a 400-point drop. Well, it's a fraction of 1%. When the Dow was, you know, 1,000 back in the olden days, if it dropped 400 points, that's called the Great Depression. So, yeah, we, we've got to stop looking at points and look at percent because I think that's a more meaningful issue. But you got to go back and say, okay, how did we get into such a terrible trade deficit, this ongoing billions and billions of dollars we're taking in a lot more than we're paying out. And it, it's a systemic issue that is not going to go away unless you have the courage of a President Trump to say, OK, this imbalance is making our country broke. We are absolutely broke. And until we fix this problem, we're going to get devastated and we're going to be in, you know, we're not going to be um, a superpower anymore. We're not going to be a strong, financially strong and, and militarily strong. We're not going to be able to create the kind of social programs where we've been gracious for many years taking care of folks who are unable to take care of themselves. All that takes a lot of money and things like the trade balance erodes that ability to support our citizens. And that's what our tax dollars are supposed to be for and not to enrich Saudi Arabia or China or Japan. We want to take care of our own first. And then we've been very gracious over the years of when there's an event or a a catastrophe anywhere around the globe, we're the first one to step up with our military might and planes and food. And we want to continue to be that gracious. We've got to take care of our own first. Well, look at Wall Street, Main Street and your money with Pat Fitucci. Pat, we always appreciate the time and the insights. Meanwhile, for listeners, if you have comments or questions, you can reach out to Pat at don'tinvestandforget.com. A brief timeout, an update on traffic, back with more here on the Friday, April the 20th edition of Lifeline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. A day on the green. What a delightful way to spend an afternoon and an evening fellowshipping with other golf fans, enjoying the great outdoors and uh, knocking the old ball around on the 18 holes. Joining me in studio, Brian Recton, to tell us all about the KFAX second annual Pastors Masters Golf Tournament. Yeah, Uh, as you said, second annual. We started this last year. Uh, We had 72 pastors. We had a great day at uh, Spring Valley Golf Course in Milpitas, which we're going to be at again this year. Uh, The date is June 11th. It's a Monday when most pastors have off. We call it Pastors Masters, but right away let me mention that it's it's, um, not just for pastors. It's senior pastors, executive pastors, assistant pastors, staff members of a church, a parachurch organization, my goodness, if you teach a Sunday school class and you play golf, we want you to participate. So pretty much anybody involved in ministry is welcome. Even business owners that would like to bless a few pastors. We have a, Last year we had a few business people that, that uh, had three pastors on staff at the church that they attend, and they, they blessed the three pastors with a round of golf, and then they joined them in the foursome. So it's, it's pretty flexible. The point is it's uh, Christian fellowship. Uh, centered around uh, people in ministry, uh, either church or parachurch-type ministries. It's a great day. It includes lunch. It includes dinner. It includes awards. It includes the golf, the cart, uh, a bucket of balls, 
the driving range, the putting area, the practice greens. I mean, it's the whole package. Now, people hear that laundry list of everything that's going to be provided to each golfer. And again, this is going to be on Monday, June the 11th from 12.30 p.m. until 8 p.m. at Spring Valley Golf Course in Milpitas. But, Brian, you go over that laundry list, lunch, dinner, award ceremony, uh, bucket of balls, putting green, the golf cart, on and on the list goes, and they're thinking, okay, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Wait till he tells me what it costs. I hope you're sitting down for this. (laughs) No sharp objects nearby. I say say it jokingly (laughs) because anybody that plays golf, the number that I'm about to give will be shocking. Here, here they'll say, what's the catch? But there isn't one, except that we are intentionally underwriting a portion of the cost of the day so that we can bless these pastors and these ministry volunteers. The cost right now for early bird registration is just $55 per golfer. Now that price will be good until when? That'll be good at least through all of April of 2018. All right, so all during this month, if you go online to kfax.com and click on the Pastors Masters banner, you can get all the details. That also takes you to the registration page. It does. You can easily register online. Now, what if I say, gee, you know, uh, my assistant pastor, he's a big golfing fan, and we've got somebody else on staff. If you don't know who your golfers are, you can still register a foursome. It is going to ask for names, but you can just repeat your name four times, or you can put your name on the first line, then to be determined. TBD to be determined. Uh, don't worry about that. Register so, the four so you get that early bird price, and then you can fill in the uh, the players as as you get as you as you begin to pick them. So we can either register everybody today, or let's say I I just would like to have an opportunity to spend some time relaxing and fellowshipping on the golf course with other pastors. There's nobody else on staff that that is a golfer. Can I go ahead and register, and then KFAX will team me up with three others? you can register as an individual. You can register as a twosome. You can register as a threesome or a foursome, your choice. You can register multiple foursomes. But certainly you can go out as a single. We will match you up and put you in, in with another foursome. For sure. And, and if you're, um, let's say, um, your par is not exactly <laughs> on par, uh, will you match me with somebody that I won't be too embarrassed with? <laughs> yes. And, and, and again, anybody that plays golf and is maybe a member of the Northern California Golf Association, if you have an index, we use the indexes. So really, uh, if you have an index, you know, you could play with a scratch golfer and, and, and still beat them if you have a good day. So uh, I wouldn't worry about that. I would focus on the fun. Spring Valley is a beautiful golf course if you've never played it in Milpitas. And this is a full 18 holes. 18 holes. Again, lunch, dinner, awards. We're going to give an award for closest to the pin, the longest drive. We'll have a number of par 3 challenges closest to the pin on the par 3s. Um, we're going to be playing a four-person scramble. And if you're not familiar with that, basically it even takes a little more pressure off if you do have a higher handicap, if you don't, you don't get out very often and you're worried about that. The nice thing about a scramble is that uh, you go out as a team, so everybody hits their drive, but you play the best ball. And then you play the best ball again, all the way to the putt. So everybody can contribute. You know, Everybody can have a good chip. Everybody can have a good drive. Everybody can have a good putt. So it's a lot of fun playing as a scramble. Now, let me say, if you are not a golfer, what Brian just said is in a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> Interpretation will be available at the KFAX website at kfax.com. Uh, if you're not a golfer, but you know someone who is, if you know that your pastor is, 
what a nice little gift this would be. And it's inexpensive. Again, with registration, early bird, all during the month of April, it's just $55 to register. And that includes everything that we've mentioned, lunch, dinner, the golf course, golf balls, yep. putting green, uh, the cart. The whole nine more And yards. Craig, let me just speak to the business owners uh, that are listening or decision makers. Um, you can, again, we said you can play. You can invite some pastor friends or anybody in a parachurch ministry. You can also sponsor the event. So, again, if you're interested, you can go to the website. You can, you can uh, uh, call me. You can email me. My information is on the page. You can sponsor a hole. You can sponsor um, the driving range. You can sponsor the putting contest. You can sponsor the beverage cart. I mean, there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities. They start as low as, I think, $250. So if you're a business owner and you want to get in front of pastors, you know, I always like to mention churches are consumers like everybody else. They need carpet. They need air conditioning. They need sound equipment. They need uh, their parking lots paved. They need insurance. They need painting. They need furniture. You know, they need all the things that any other business or consumer needs. So if you market anything that uh, could be marketed to a church or you just want to get in front of uh, influencers, I mean, pastors are very influential in their congregations. I mean, if they know that you have a great uh, life insurance policy or you have uh, great rates on uh, loans because you're a mortgage company or, you know, you own a shoe store in town, you know, these are people that can refer other people to you. So the opportunity for business owners is strong as well. And let's mention, too, a sense of urgency here. Yes, certainly all throughout April, the early bird special, that early registration, just $55 per, per golfer. And again, that price will be valid all through the month of April when you go online to kfax.com. That's kfax.com and click on the Pastors Masters banner. Also, in terms of registration and some of these other opportunities, clearly the sooner they they sign up or call in to get more information, the better, because you will have to eventually cut off registration. Yeah, we will be capping it at 144 golfers. We did it for the first time last year, and we we had half that number. We're confident that we're going to sell out to all golfers. Yeah, June 11th, mark your calendar. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, protect that date. Uh, Spring Valley in Melpitas, a great golf course. Go on to kfax.com, take advantage of that early bird registration, and just plan on being blessed. It's a lot of fun. The uh, fellowship before the round, the fellowship at the driving and the putting area, the putting contest is always a lot of fun. Dinner and dessert and awards uh, after the round of golf. Great fellowship. You'll meet other pastors that you've never met before. You'll enjoy some great fellowship and a really great day. Any awards for the biggest divot? <laughs> yeah, I'll probably claim that myself. <laughs> <laughs> the second annual KFAX Pastors Masters, again, Monday, June the 11th, 12.30 p.m. until 8 p.m., lunch and dinner included at Spring Valley Golf Course. The early bird registration, just $55 per person, all during the month of April. Log on today to kfax.com and click on the Pastors Masters banner at the top of the homepage. That's kfax.com for the second annual Pastors Masters, kfax.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. It is used at virtually every public official swearing-in ceremony. It's on the nightstand, or it's inside of it. Of most hotels and motels in America, every serviceman has been provided a pocket edition who wants one. 
It's present at our weddings, our funerals. A good percentage of Americans own a heirloom edition. But for as wide as its availability might be, it is increasingly the least used and less understood and valued book, perhaps, in 21st century America. Sadly, yes, I am talking about Scripture. What can we do to reverse this trend, and how can we better understand the value of the insights that Scripture offers to everyday living? A new book out called The Key Ideas Bible Handbook, Understanding and Applying All the Main Concepts Book by Book, written by a gentleman who is no stranger to the KFAX audience. You knew him for many years as a, a frequent appearances on the Bible Answer Man program. In fact, he served as associate editor for the Christian Research Journal and the Christian Research Newsletter. He has authored more than 70 best-selling books, serves as president of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministries, and he is with us tonight. Ron Rhodes, great to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much. It's always good to be with you. You know, Ron, always an irony when we talk about uh, Scripture, because as much as it seems to be, as I suggested in my opening remarks, revered within America, uh, sadly, not only is there a growing proportion of Americans who no longer use Scripture for day-to-day living, there's a good percentage of Christians who kind of look at this book as, well, maybe a combination of some good stories, a lot of historical stuff, uh, but really perhaps have a lessening value or importance placed on its educational and applicable value to daily, daily living. Oh, well, I think you're right about that. I think that today the thing that people are tending to do is to base their spirituality more on experience than on Scripture. Uh, it used to be that Christianity was considered a facts-based religion. In other words, it's based on the facts of the Bible. But it seems like the Bible has been issued out the back door, and experience and even mysticism has been brought in the front door. And so you're right. There are many Christians who just don't spend much time in Scripture. And In, in fact, one of the polls that I came across uh, indicated not only that very few Christians are reading the Bible, but the few Christians that are basically during, do it during the sermon on Sunday morning. And, you know, some of those sermons are getting shorter and shorter these days. Could be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. And I have to tell you, that's not enough time in the Word of God to understand what it really teaches. Well, moreover, Ron, I think a lot of those sermons are not only getting shorter, but they're also getting shorter on content coming from Scripture and lacking in a tremendous degree of context as well. And I guess to that degree, and maybe to the point of your book, The Key Ideas Bible Handbook, is this notion that um, there needs to be an understanding, an approach, so to speak, when it comes to reading Scripture and applying Scripture, and not everybody quite understands that. Well, I think you're right. You know, it's not just a matter of coming to an intellectual understanding of what the Bible teaches, but it's also supposed to touch the heart. It's supposed to be transformational. It's supposed to be life-changing. I must tell you, I grew up in a liberal church, and in that liberal church there was not a whole lot of respect for the Bible as the Word of God. In fact, it was considered more to be the the Word of man. And so we really didn't consider it to be something that was life-changing. But you see, then I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and that changed everything. And one of the things I discovered is that the more I spent in God's Word, the deeper I went into God's Word, the more my love for Christ grew. There's a direct parallel there. 
And it seems like today that even though the Bible is everywhere present, all over the world, it's also invisible. Everybody has a copy, but no one reads it. And one of the things I wanted to do with my new book was to show people how transformational this book really is, how applicational and life-changing it really is. And so I'm basically going against the grain of society, and what I'm talking about is the fact that many say that the Bible is no longer relevant for living today. I challenge that. I think it is absolutely relevant to living today. And I take you from Genesis to the book of Revelation, and I'll show you all of the, the, the really cool, life-changing concepts that are there. And so I'm excited about the book. And, and I, have to be, I have to be thoroughly candid with you, Ron. When I, when I first got my hands on the book, I, I saw the title, and I started counting. And I thought, well, son of a gun, uh, all 39 of the Old Testament are there. Oh, all 66 are there. <laughs> He's not getting. And, and, I, and I, while I offer that partially tongue-in-cheek, I, there's also, I think, this, this notion that some believe that, well, only portions of Scripture really apply to us today. Uh, some certainly suggest that and might go as far as to say, well, why do we need the entirety of Scripture? Why not a, a Bible for today's living abridged edition? Well, that's a good question, and what I try to do in the book is to show people that it's not just the New Testament books, it's not just Old Testament books like Psalms and Proverbs, but rather it's every book in the Bible. This is what we call the whole counsel of God, and God himself told us that we need to understand the whole counsel of God. You know, I think it's helpful to do self-examinations of our spiritual lives, and when you do that, Uh, Sometimes the results of that self-examination may not be too encouraging. There's a lot of people I've spoken with who feel like maybe they're just not doing well spiritually. Some have said that they've got sort of a spiritual wasteland inside their heart. You know, to me, the Bible is the answer for that, because one of the things we learn from Scripture is that it has a reviving effect on the soul. So if you're a person who's in need of personal revival, this is the place to begin. And you can go from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and you can find applicational concepts in every book. And yes, I'm including books like Leviticus and Numbers and some of those books that nobody hardly ever reads. And so, again, the entire Bible is relevant, but for some reason people have just bought the lie, and I think that lie came from the devil, by the way, They've bought the lie that the Bible has no relevance for today. Well, and perhaps part of this, too, is the fact that we're, we're sort of revealing this notion that we don't really know the true character of God, because if we did, we would understand that there's, there's not much that happens that is accidental, that God, in fact, is very intentional. And when you think about all of the challenges down through the millennia that canon Scripture faced in getting to us today in the complete form that it's in, then I've got to believe that God was being very intentional in not only creating the account, but making the account available to us all these years later from Genesis and the very opening passage to the final period in Revelation, and that the fact that the whole council, the totality of Scripture, is there at our disposal, and it's got to be for a reason. Well, you know, I'm so glad that you just said that. I mean, we're just really resonating. Uh, In fact, I've spoken entire sermons on this topic. The reality is it goes back even further. It's not just that God gave us revelation in the Bible, but God even created human language. When God made man, he gave man and woman human language 
not only so that we could communicate with each other, but so that we could communicate with God and God could communicate with us. And aren't you glad that God is not the kind of God who creates us and then leaves us on our own, letting us wander around in the darkness trying to find out some truth? God is not that kind of God. God is the one who is the aggressor in making himself known. He not only created us, but he tells us everything that we need to know to make our lives run optimally. And when I say optimally, I'm not just talking about physical. I'm talking about our spiritual lives. I think that one of the things that we're missing today is that we're not just physical and emotional beings. We're physical, emotional, and spiritual, and each one affects the other. And so a lot of people today are walking around without that spiritual component based on Scripture. And those who do have a spiritual component sometimes have a false spirituality, whether it's a false religion or a cult or some strange version or aberration even of Christianity. Well, now, wait a minute, Ron. Now, you're, you're not suggesting then that if somebody, for example, takes Anthony Robbins' word or Deepak Chopra's <laughs> word over God's, that there's something wrong with that. <laughs> well, you know, um, I've actually sat under the teachings of some of those guys. I, I've, you know, I'm one of the researchers who actually goes to spend time with the people that I write about. So if I'm going to write about Deepak Chopra, for example, I'll go listen to his lectures in person. If I'm going to go write about psychics, and I've done that uh, in, in my work of apologetics, I actually go to the New Age conventions and I watch them do their stuff. So that way I really know what I'm talking about here. But here's the thing. One of the things that we learned from the Bereans in Acts 17 is that we ought to test everything against Scripture. No matter who says what, even no matter what Ron Rhodes says, you test it against Scripture. And as the Apostle Paul put it in 1 Thessalonians 5, we ought to test all things, and we hold on to the good, but we reject the bad. So I'll listen to what anybody says. I'll even listen to what Deepak Chopra says. But I'm going to test his words against Scripture. And anything that violates Scripture... Uh, I'm going to turn away from, and that's not going to be a part of my spirituality. I think the passage is uh, try or test the spirits and see if they be of God. With us today, one of America's most outstanding Christian apologists, certainly of our times, Ron Rhodes is with us. We're talking about his new book, The Key Ideas Bible Handbook, Understanding and Applying All the Main Concepts Book by Book, newly published by Harvest House. And of course, you'll find it at bookstores throughout the Bay Area. You can also order it online through Ron's website at ronroads.org. That's ronroads.org. A brief time out back to more of our conversation with best-selling author and Christian apologist Ron Rhodes right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the program. Back to more of our conversation with Christian apologist and best-selling author Ron Rhodes. And we made mention earlier on the fact that for a lot of people, sadly, the Bible has been used to record marriages and deaths, press flowers, maybe even hide a 20 spot for emergencies. But as Ron is suggesting, it's not by accident that God has made Scripture not only available to us, but as complete as it is, so that there's more than just historical value to it. There's also educational and applicational value to it. And toward that end, Ron, let's dive a little bit deeper, because as tongue-in-cheek I mentioned earlier, sure enough, you didn't leave any of the books out. You've managed to extract and extrapolate 
from every single book of the Bible, valuable lessons that are being taught that, in fact, do have a modern-day application to every single believer. I'm curious, even for your field of, of knowledge and expertise of Christian apologetics and the Scripture, were there some things in this process of doing the research and preparing for the new book that even came as a bit of a aha moment for you? Well, I have to say yes. In fact, uh, when I was going through the book of Revelation, that's not normally a book that you think of as having a lot of uh, applicational and transformational truths in. But I discovered that there's a whole lot of application there. Uh, For example, when you look at chapters 2 and 3, which are the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor, there is just so much application there. For example, among the principles that I talk about are Just as God is gloriously enthroned in heaven, so he must be enthroned upon our hearts. Boy, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one is this. Take steps to avoid spiritual lethargy and spiritual blindness. You know, that's dealing with the church at Laodicea. And, you know, the whole point that I'm trying to make is, is, is that as you go through each book, whether it's the book of Revelation or some other book, there are some nuggets that you're going to find there that will absolutely change your life. And I must tell you that this all grew out of my own personal quiet times with the Lord. You know, when I spent time in Scripture, what I would often do is just write little principles down in the margin of my Bible. And that was such a blessing to me. And so I I just started to thinking, you know what, this is such a blessing to me. I wonder if this might also bless some other Christians out there. And and I, I started to wonder whether this is something that might excite other Christians about the Word of God. And so that was my motivation in writing this book. Is there also some effort in this process, Ron? And I, I ask this question in all seriousness, particularly coming from uh, a region like the San Francisco Bay Area, where we have the lowest per capita church attendance in the nation. And oftentimes when we talk about either the the grander topic or larger topic of Christianity or more specific to Scripture, um, both are often either seen as irrelevant or extreme. Well, that's true, and I think that's a growing trend. The, the, the latest polls indicate that that's a growing viewpoint uh, among uh, people in America and around the world. But what I think we have to do is to sort of get, a, get rid of this smoke screen that's out there with people kind of blindly walking around and to give people something that they can use that works in real life. And that's what I'm trying to help people to understand, that the Bible is life-changing in our century. Here we are in 2017, and in 2017, this book can actually change your life for the better. This book can set you on fire spiritually. And uh, if there's one thing that I want people to get away from, it's the idea that Christianity is just head knowledge, you know, believing in certain ideas that might be interesting but aren't life-changing. You see, the Bible doesn't just touch the head, it also touches the heart. And uh, from Genesis to Revelation, there are truths that can just really light up your life in a big way. And the more that people understand that, I think the more that uh, people will stop claiming that the Bible is irrelevant for today. Here's another question for you that I'm curious about. And and, uh, folks in the audience that are either engineers or mechanics or work in the technical field will understand this, that that typically for devices, it might be, well, in the radio industry, a, a broadcast transmitter, or in the automotive industry, uh, your car, your truck, there are typically two manuals available. 
There is the technical manual that is written and intended for the guy that's going to get up underneath the hood and do repair work to your vehicle or the broadcast engineer that's going to keep the transmitter on the air. And then there's the operations manual. This is intended for the guy or gal that's going to sit behind the wheel every day and drive this vehicle down the road and needs to know how to apply things like how often do we change the oil, check the tire pressure, uh, where's the switch for the headlights, the emergency flashers, things of this sort. In, in some respects, and forgive me if that's not the most accurate analogy, Ron, but in some respects, do you see the key idea Ideas Bible Handbook is sort of your, your effort at providing sort of the owner, owner's manual to Scripture so that believers can get that aha moment and see and understand and apply for themselves the nuggets of truth and the value that is hidden inside of, and sometimes not all that hidden, it's, it's more obvious if folks that just take the time to read it, but they're inside of all 66 books of the Bible so that we can extrapolate and then apply to our lives for daily application every aspect of these truths. Well, you know, I think that's a helpful analogy, and I think there's a certain amount of truth to that. Uh, I think it's not only kind of like a uh, operation manual that shows you how to operate your life, but it's also got some little nuggets in there for those who want to go deeper. I have all kinds of little outline boxes and quotes from people throughout church history that take people deeper. And, you know, uh, talking about an operator's manual, you know, I've purchased an awful lot of products in the past, and I'm kind of intuitive. Sometimes I put things together without looking at the instructions. And more than once, I have busted the thing just right there before I finished putting it together. <laughs> or, or, like on, or, or like on Christmas morning where you got the bicycle put together, but you're not quite sure what the 10 extra screws and nuts are for. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what are these screws for? They uh, must be spares. Know, That's always my time. excuse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the point that I'm making there is that in the same way, uh, if you don't operate your life according to the owner's manual, which is the Bible, well, you know what? You can bust your life up pretty quick. God is the one who created us. He knows exactly what makes our lives operate at, at optimum levels, and he's revealed that in the Word of God. And if we choose to ignore the, the Word of God, then we're the ones that pay for it. So it's really in your own best interest to take this seriously. Well, and you know, contrary to the misconception that I think some have that either come from a a disenfranchised sort of jaded approach or others who have never been properly and fully instructed— the Bible is not intended to make our lives confusing, complicated, and more difficult. Um, it's it's not intended to be a, a headbuster, uh, but rather intended to make life easier and smoother, and to allow us to, in every aspect of the of the phrase, get to know our Maker and our Savior in a deeper, richer, more personable way. And I think, to a great degree, the Key Ideas Bible Handbook goes a long way toward helping the reader understand more of that, and not just understand more of Scripture, but then be able to say, okay, not only do I understand this, but now I know where and how it applies specifically to my life. And in that regard, I guess this is not only a great book for young believers, but anybody who's really looking to go a little bit deeper. Well, exactly. Uh, it's not just for young believers, but for believers who have maybe been studying the Bible for such a long time that they've become top-heavy. And by top-heavy, I mean that their brains are full of knowledge, but maybe they're not doing so good spiritually. Well, this is the kind of book that can change that. And by the way, uh, I have to watch out for that, too, and I'm sure that you do as well. 
There's a lot of us that do so much studying of Scripture, and we get our minds so filled with the facts of the Bible, that sometimes people have a tendency not to pay as much attention to their devotional lives. And this book is devotional and inspirational from beginning to end. Yes, there's a lot of theology in it, but that theology is inspirational and life-changing. Well, the other thing, too, Ron, I think, is that sometimes, uh, and, and with no malice aforethought, I think sometimes we have been, and speaking for myself here, dismissive of certain aspects of Scripture. Not to say that we don't uh, value it or recognize it as the inspired Word of God, but rather look at certain passages and say, well, you know, all this genealogy stuff. I mean, you know, maybe that helps if you're going to write a book or something, but do I really need to know that? Does it really apply to me? A Levitical law. I mean, my goodness, how deep can we quickly get lost in the book of Leviticus? And yet, as we said earlier, this is not just a historical document. This is educational and applicational. And so to the degree to which it can help to sort of rekindle that flame of passion for reading and applying God's Word, I think it's a, it's a great tool across the board, both for new believers as well as for the old folks like me. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate you saying that, and my prayer is that this would be a life-changing tool for everyone who's listening today. And uh, whether you're going through a genealogy or the book of Revelation or an epistle like the book of Galatians, all of it will touch your heart if you just take the chance and try it. And so the challenge is, are, are you going to be brave enough to try it? Are you going to get out there and, and take a look at the book and go through the scriptures and let it change your life? You'll be better if you do. Well, and certainly the book makes the process a lot easier. So, uh, you know, with all the books that we review on this program, the number of guests that we come on, uh, a lot of them, and Jarrell can can attest to this, wind up over here in the bookcase uh, or given away. This one's going home with me. It's the Key Ideas Bible Handbook, Understanding and Applying All the Main Concepts book by book. It is newly published by Harvest House, and its author has been our guest on this segment of Lifeline, Ron Rhodes. And Ron, is always great to have you on the show. Always an education. Keep up the good work, my friend, and we'll look forward to get you on again real soon. Ron Rhodes, by the way, you can order the book directly online through his website, ronrhodes.org. That's Ron Rhodes with an H dot O-R-G. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.